0: Hi, everybody. This is Paul Swearingen, the author of Joseph Comes to Town, the novel and host of the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. And you have tuned into a sample of our Joseph Comes to Town audiobook series, which you can access the full series on our Patreon page by going to our website at npepodcast.com. Clicking on that Patreon button in the upper right hand corner to join. By becoming a part of our Patreon page, you're helping provide support for our equipment, marketing, other things we need to get the message out far and wide of this movement that is the nonpartisan evangelical. And you'll get lots of cool content like exclusive commentaries from me on the book. Uh, interviews with my wife and I as we talk about the things going on in our world as we want to see people begin to know God is not a Republican and he doesn't require you to be to be in right faith with him. And also we want the world to know that God is not mad at you. Thank you for considering your support on our NPE Patreon page. Again, go to our website, npepodcast.com. Click on that Patreon button. In the meantime, enjoy this sample of the Joseph Comes to Town Novel audiobook series from the nonpartisan evangelical Patreon page at patreon.com npepodcast NPE podcast. God damn it, Becky shouted as her nose collided with the shoulder of the busboy leaning against the hallway wall. She was stunned and might have fallen had not Joseph grabbed her. It's okay, Joseph said, looking at her, eyes gentle. And God doesn't damn you." Becky stepped back and used her thumb and pointer finger to try and dry both eyes simultaneously while grabbing at her purse with the other hand. She struggled to breathe as she worked to regain her decorum. Be that as it may, she answered, pulling a tissue from her purse to dab at the corner of her eye. I'm sorry. I let a stupid conversation get to me. I heard. Becky's eyes grew wide with horror. No, no. Don't be embarrassed. I understand. Joseph took Becky's hand and she watched his eyes turn glassy. You've had one, haven't you? He asked gently. What? An abortion. You've had one, Joseph repeated. Becky leaned back slightly, searching his face for clues as to this stranger's motivation for saying such a thing. All she saw was kindness. Becky felt strangely drawn to him, and since this wasn't an accusation, but rather a non-judgmental fact. Who is this guy, she thought. Whoever he was, Becky felt something overcome her desire to run from her very public display. Whether it was his reassuring voice or those twinkling, caring eyes, Becky felt she could reveal something no other human knew. She nodded as her eyes fell to the floor, with a fresh wave of tears. Yes, I have, she said softly. And if what Pastor Saul said is true, then I'm a murderer. Becky noticed the three men at her table were still watching. She bowed her head into the palm of her hand, a wave of vulnerability overcoming her. Oh my God, she said, wiping her eyes again. Obviously, this has hit a button in me. Absolutely, a a button you've kept hidden for years, Joseph responded sympathetically. I'm so sorry you're feeling embarrassed. It's completely understandable, but I promise you it's good this is coming out. Becky looked around the room. How can this be good? I suspect the hard woman you project isn't exactly who you really are, he answered. Becky looked up, her face now stern, ready to protest. Wait, don't get me wrong, Joseph interjected before she could speak. You're brilliant, but it seems you think you have to be tough. And maybe that's just your way to keep everyone at a distance. Becky tilted her head to the side and crossed her arms over her chest. You don't know anything about me, she finally was able to say. I know what Father God has told me, Joseph responded, his cheeks bunching up in a warm, inviting smile. Becky knew BS, and she knew gamesmanship. She stared at Joseph, searching for any selfish motives in this discussion. His brown eyes were piercing and she suddenly felt as if Joseph had some ability to see deep inside her. Becky always kept herself guarded and in control. She shifted uneasily. God told you? Some people call it intuition or something like that. Father God is always ready to speak to us if we'll listen and he shares things with me. Why would God be telling you things about me? To show you he knows you and cares about you, said Joseph. Becky couldn't help but laugh. I don't think God cares about me. God and I haven't talked in a long time. Maybe you need to ring up another voice up there. Joseph placed a hand on each of her arms and looked at her with a seriousness that made her humor die in her throat. Rebecca, Joseph said, his tone and the use of her full name demanding her undivided attention. Father God told me you've not only had one abortion, but you've had two. Becky felt the earth move under her feet, and she reached for the wall to steady herself. I- I've never told anyone about that, she said. Shame rushed out, her face tightening as tears again coated her cheeks. Hey, Father God doesn't condemn you, and neither do I, said Joseph. God put me in this restaurant today to tell you he loves you, no matter what secrets you may have. Becky considered Joseph's words. It was impossible to believe, yet she couldn't deny the facts. He had just told her things about her life he couldn't have known on his own. Joseph had shared her deepest secret, and had done so with such care, she felt as if a light had come on somewhere inside. I was stupid both times, she began in unsolicited confession. The first time it happened with my high school boyfriend, Brian. Our families went to the same church. Suddenly, Becky saw Joseph look past her and felt a hand on her shoulder. Forgive me for intruding, said the tall woman in a low voice. She offered Becky a napkin to replace the saturated tissue in her hand. I couldn't help but overhear, and I know others could as well. Perhaps it might be better if you all moved someplace a little more private. This is my new friend Elsa, Joseph said to Becky. Becky took the napkin and nodded in appreciation. Joseph gestured to his right. Over here is the room where I do my storytelling. We can talk privately over there. Becky was grateful for Elsa's suggestion. With the momentum of the discussion ended, she considered for a moment whether to allow this dialogue to continue. She searched her feelings and found something interesting. There was a desire in her to finally share this secret she'd carried alone much of her life. The musky room looked more like storage space than a place for storytelling. Becky saw boxes of restaurant items stacked all around. Joseph had grabbed three folding chairs leaning against the wall and they sat. You were looking for someone to love you, weren't you, Becky? Joseph said, nudging Becky forward in her story. Yeah, I I had a good family, but Brian made me feel special. My dad, her voice trailed off. He didn't show his love to you very well, Joseph finished her thought. So you looked for love in this boy. Becky nodded again, trying to maintain her composure. Oh, God, I was so stupid, she moaned. Becky knew she was completely out of character now, feeling things kept locked away for years. I was 16 freaking years old. I didn't know what the hell to do. The sobs came quickly and loudly as years of pent-up pain flowed from her. Elsa leaned in and held Becky's hand. I felt like what I was doing was wrong, but there I was at the clinic, it was surreal. Becky stared ahead deep in thought, searching for an expression of what she felt that day. I'd been taught all my life I was going to hell if I had sex, but an abortion? She paused again, edging a deep well of pain. She could barely get out what came next. I thought in my heart I was going to go to hell. She looked at Joseph trying to judge his approval or disapproval. She was certain he was a religious man, and she expected her story would drive him to judge her as every other Christian she'd ever known. Seeing Joseph's unflinching look at her, however, prompted her to continue. I guess I decided I'd rather go to hell than tell my dad I'd had sex. Becky heard Elsa sniffle and saw sympathetic tears in the woman's eyes. Elsa wasn't running away either. Becky realized these people, odd as it was, seemed to care about her. Why had she waited so long to share this with anyone? It's good you're letting this out, Becky, Joseph said with an encouraging smile. What kind of a God would hate a young girl for making such a decision? Becky's skin prickled, her physical senses opening up as she churned with memories. You're you're sitting alone in this clinic. I I wanted my mom there with me, but I'm alone in the clinic waiting room with a handful of girls who can't even look one another in the eye. I remember there was freaking soft rock playing in the speakers like, hey, just another day at the effing office. Becky had been holding back her language, assuming Joseph wouldn't appreciate her well-practiced gutter talk. The painful memories were coming in a flood now. Sixteen, goddammit! I I couldn't even go to an R-rated movie without my mom's permission, yet there I was. You did what you thought was best, Elsa empathized with the squeeze of Becky's hand. After it's over, they hand you some pamphlets and send you on your way. I went home, and I needed my mom, but I couldn't tell her. She knew something was wrong, but I felt terrible. I couldn't tell her. I couldn't tell anyone. Becky's eyes flowed as she felt the wrenching pain in her gut. My relationship with my mom was never the same. Joseph let out a long exhale. A young girl shouldn't have to carry such pain alone, should she? No, Becky replied quietly. But I I sucked it up and went on with my life. My parents never knew why I struggled so much. And Brian was surprised I didn't want him to touch me anymore. Becky's tears had soaked the napkin through and Elsa got up and opened a box of paper towels nearby, handing a stack to Becky. The second time was with my asshole college boyfriend, Alex. It was all coming out now, so Becky saw no reason to stop. He told me he didn't believe the baby was his. I think it was, but he had reason to believe it might not be. Becky noticed Elsa glance away, likely to avoid any misunderstood reaction to Becky's admitted indiscretions. Joseph, on the other hand, continued to look directly at her with the same caring face he'd worn the whole time. I thought the second abortion would be easier, but I went into a deep, dark place, she said, not only because I felt guilty for terminating the pregnancy, but now I felt something must be really wrong with me for feeling this bad about it. What do you mean, asked Elsa. Why do you think there was something wrong with you? I was so depressed, like postpartum. I mean, you're, you're told it's like having a skin tag removed. What the hell was my problem, feeling it was something more? I've always wondered if I was the only woman who felt this way, mourning for an abortion. Maybe there's something more to this than a simple office procedure. Life got to you, Becky, but now healing is coming. Joseph smiled at her. Tell us about your little girl. Now, Becky had observed Joseph's supernatural intuition in action already today, but it still surprised her. She pointed at the ceiling. Another message from, yes, from heaven. Father God wants you to know your daughter is a gift to you. This was still very strange to Becky. She looked at Elsa, who shrugged her shoulders as if to say she wasn't sure what was happening here either. Becky was surprised to find Joseph's insight into her life didn't make her as uncomfortable now. In fact, it made her want to hear more of what he had to say. She's a gift, even though she came from another stupid mistake, Becky said with a shake of her head. I couldn't believe I ended up pregnant a third time. This time, though, I sure as hell knew I was keeping the baby. Becky started to continue her thought, then broke down, burying her face into a paper towel. What is it? What's wrong? Asked Elsa, patting Becky's shoulder. Becky struggled to continue before collecting herself. When I saw the ultrasound of Esther, my daughter, she's six now. She hesitated a moment. When I saw the picture of Esther inside of me, I knew I had terminated similar pregnancies. The struggle inside Becky showed on her face. I've always believed in a woman's right to choose, but seeing that picture of Esther, well... Becky felt Elsa's hug again as she wiped her face. I had to put that notion away to survive. Father God holds nothing against you, Becky, said Joseph. He's proud of you. You've made a life for yourself and your daughter, even though you were impacted by your shame and self-judgment more than you knew. Joseph touched her shoulder. Becky felt a powerful connection in that touch. Rebecca? The tone of his voice was like a father, even though Becky was sure she was a bit Joseph's elder. She looked up from the paper towel. I want you to know you're good. Father God told me your secrets because he's a good father. The Bible says he's better than the best dad on earth. Your earthly father didn't know exactly how to love you. But God in heaven, he loves you beyond anything you could ever imagine. A strange but pleasant heat of acceptance rushed down Becky's spine. As her body responded to Joseph's words, her mind continued to argue. But I've done so many things wrong. Father God knows why you did those things, Joseph assured her. He knows you had to deal with your pain and loneliness as best you could. He knows everything you've ever done, and he holds none of it against you. You are completely forgiven, Becky Townsend, free from all guilt and all the secrets of your life. Becky shook her head and looked at the floor. Could this be true? Could she really be forgiven for everything she'd ever done? Becky felt a lightness inside, replacing the weight that had been there before. She'd always felt the need to impress people, but Joseph and Elsa seemed to be okay with her. Secrets and all. Was God okay with her too? At that thought, Becky couldn't stop herself from reaching out to hug a surprised Joseph. I don't know why I believe you, Joseph, she said, but I do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening to this sample of the Joseph Comes to Town Novel audiobook series available on the nonpartisan evangelical Patreon page access by going to npepodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button in the upper right hand corner. If you'd like to hear the entire series, click on that button and sign up to be a part of our Patreon community. By doing that, you help support this movement to get out and tell people if you're a person of faith, you're not required by God to be a part of the partisan right wing Christian mindset. But in fact, you can say God is not necessarily a Republican and he is not mad at the world. He loves it when we give kindness justice and hope to the people around us. I hope you'll join us on our Patreon page and catch all of the Joseph audiobook series. Thanks for listening. I'm Paul. We'll see you again soon.